Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. There's a time and a place for black and white, like when you're learning to play piano, or when you want a big two toned cookie. Or when shopping for a pet zebra. But if you want to attract customers, there's no room for black and white. So go to Staples. Staples specializes in bold, hard-to-miss color printing. And now at Staples, get 20% back in rewards on color printing. From banners to brochures and copies to presentations. Print more color, save more money at Staples. In-store only. Ends 11 10, 18. Restrictions apply. See store associate or staples.com slash 20 back for details. Blog Talk Radio. before we sleep. Lawman is putting into my running and I'm so far from my We will not go gently. Uh, we're going to unleash hell here in December. Oh, mama, I can hear you crying. You're so scared and all alone. Hey, somebody fix this guy's buckle. I'm going to play coming down from the gallows and I don't have very
the Pittsburgh Steelers will open their 2016 season in Washington, D.C. They are at St. Vincent now. I am excited. Zach is excited. Welcome to Steelers six-pack of fact or fiction. It is a great day to talk football. And, Zach, I can feel it. It's, it's upon us. This is what we've been waiting for. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing absolutely fantastic. All is well here on the West Coast, sunny Los Angeles, California. What more could I ask for? I will say this, however. I know we're excited to talk Steeler football, but them Pirates. Come on, Brian. What are up with all these deals right now? Well, uh, we are not the uh, certified GMs. <laughs> the GM. I don't know what Neil Huntington's doing, <laughs> but, uh, you know, as far as I'm concerned, he knows more than I do. The Seems like a salary dump to me, getting rid of some uh, dead weight in Liriano, but you gave up some uh, good pieces of the puzzle in the, in the minor league, so I'm really not sure what's going on. It's sad to see Melanson go, but, uh, you know, he was going to go at the end of the year anyways in free agency. Yeah, you know, lots, lots of crazy deals going on right now. It's a good thing we're covering the Steelers, right? <laughs> exactly, and there's there's never really crazy deals going on with the Steelers, just crazy happenings, and uh, which which I'm sure we're going to see a lot of. But uh, there will be some deals made, but a different kind of deal, free agent deals, or actually signing their own free agents. We'll be talking about that in the show. But before we get started, let's talk about. Steeler six-pack of fact or fiction. That's when Zach and I respond to bold statements regarding the state of the Pittsburgh Steelers, and we label them as fact or fiction. Now, you know our views. They're not always going to coincide, and yours won't either, so we want to hear from you. So 347-850-8581 is the number you can call to join in, but we're going to wait until we finish the entire six-pack. When we guzzle that down, we want to hear from you. So the show is sponsored by Frank Walker Law, the top criminal defense firm to call in western Pennsylvania and West Virginia and home to one of the nation's top 100-ranked trial attorneys in Frank Walker. For his PA office, call 412-212-3878 or to reach his West Virginia office, call 304-712-2089. You should also check out his website, frankwalkerlaw.com, to see how he can help you in your time of need. Frank Walker Law, real talk, real experience, Real results. The show is also sponsored by Centerfield Smoke, the best and most unique Pittsburgh sports apparel provider for Pittsburgh fans everywhere. Visit them at www.centerfieldsmoke.com. Well, we've got a smoking six-pack tonight, Zach, and I'd say we just get right into it. What do you think? Let's do it. Question number one. Hit me with it, Brian. Here we go. The higher priority extension before the opener is Antonio Brown, and not David DeCastro. You know, th- this is a tough one, Brian, and I think we're going to get a lot of reaction here from the fan base um, because I think you can go either way. I think that these contracts are equally important, but I will tell you I'm going to go with fiction. And I know this comes off of last week's show where I was praising Antonio Brown and, and saying that he is now really the face of the Steelers' offense, especially since Le'Veon Bell is probably going to be serving this four-game suspension. But I'll tell you this. You don't get those plays to Antonio Brown without protecting your quarterbacks first. And who protects him? That's right, the man David DeCastro himself. I think you've got to go out there and you've got to make sure that this guy is the first person that you extend that offer sheet to. Because if you end up losing Brown, 
to a team that's willing to go above and beyond with money for him and really give him the option to be the highest paid wideout in the league and Pittsburgh can't match that, you still got to have the other pieces to make your offense successful, especially for a guy like Le'Veon, who definitely will be in Pittsburgh next year as well. Um, you know, this is going to be very intriguing to see which way they play, but I go with fiction. The Castro is the contract for me. Well, Zach, I am going to uh, go the other way, and I'm going to go fact. While I want to see David DeCastro in Pittsburgh for years, like we saw a guy like Alan Fanica play a number of seasons in Pittsburgh, but I feel right now you need to go with the guy that has gotten you there, and it's Antonio Brown. Why wait? Sign him now. Get him Get him not thinking about it. He's going to pay dividends whether he gets paid or not. Now, he came out and said, you know, they're going to have to pay me. I promise I'm not going to hold out, but they are going to have to take care of me. His exact words, take care of me. If you have a player, he said, that uh, is not doing it, you let him go. But you take care of the ones that take care of you. So that's what you, I think – I think it's unlikely that they're going to, but I think he needs to be a top priority. Antonio Brown is one of the major faces of that franchise. He is the most electric individual to play for the Pittsburgh Steelers in a long, long time. And I think he needs to be in Pittsburgh for the rest of his career. And we need to make sure that we don't screw around and lose it. Because sometimes you wait too long, you wait too long. And that is a bad thing. So I will go with fact. And my fact, once again, is that the higher priority, priority extension before the opener is Antonio Brown and not David DeCastro. You know, and, and I, I like your reasoning there, Brian, and I think I could easily go fact as well. For me, it's just a question of the Steelers' offensive line has been so bad for so many years. I mean, even those Super Bowl-winning teams, it seemed to be – the weak part on the offense was how well they could protect Ben uh, and protect the run game, especially for guys, uh, even going back to like the Jerome Bettis and Deuce Staley years. It just never seemed like the Steelers' O-line was really up to date. And now Pittsburgh might be riding behind one of the best offensive lines ever uh, for, for their team uh, in their entire history, which is fantastic. But definitely like where you're going with that. And Ben did come out and say it yesterday that this is the best offensive line I've ever had in Pittsburgh. And I agree with you, and I know it's paramount. It's very important to take care of that offensive line and take care of your quarterback. But how long is Antonio Brown going to be happy with a five-year, $41.7 million contract where guys like Michael Crabtree, Alan Hearns, Vincent Jackson, and Doug Baldwin are making more than him? In fact, 13 other guys besides those four that I just mentioned are making more than him. He's the 18th highest paid receiver in the league, and he is the number one receiver the past three years in the NFL. And you've got to take care of this guy. Like I said, let's not wait around. Let's not fool around and watch him walk away. Cannot afford that. Yeah, if, if a talent like him walks away, it's very difficult to recover from, but I challenge you to think about this, though, Brian. Think a couple of years ago. I think I made this point on the show last week. But Antonio Brown, when Mike Wallace left, a lot of people were pointing the spotlight at him. They were like, oh, look at this contract that Wallace has in Miami, et cetera, et cetera. They were like, there's no way 
Antonio Brown can step up to be the number one wide receiver. And now, not only is he number one in Pittsburgh, he's number one in the league, like you were saying. So this is now a make-or-break opportunity for those other guys like Marcus Wheaton, uh, Sammy Coates in there as well, Martavis Bryant once he gets back from his year-long suspension. Um, you know, I think that these guys are going to be given the opportunity to shine if he goes the other way. And definitely look out for the Steelers to maybe draft someone in the wide-out spot if they think that he's not going to come back. Well, Zach, that leads to number two. Let's talk about another wideout. And what kind of bigger impact will the second-year players have? Will it be that of Sammy Coates or Bud Dupree? So what I'm saying here is the, is the question tonight is of second-year players, Bud Dupree has a bigger impact than Sammy Coates in 2016. Fact or fiction? You know, I think with the absence of Martavis Bryant, I have to go fiction. I just think that Sammy Coates is now one of the designated top three receivers on this team simply by application without Bryant. Uh, I think losing him is going to be huge, but like I said before, it gives somebody else the opportunity to step up. Now, whether or not you know, he steps in there and starts flourishing in that role like Emmanuel Sanders did a few years ago, that is one thing. However, he could also go out and channel his inner Lima Swede and drop every other pass. Oh, same number. Looking for that now. Yeah, I know. It's, it's both tough for me 14. to go back to Lima Swede. Yeah, I, I think, you know, a lot <laughs> – it's so funny how that name can resonate with Steeler fans right now is just being someone who is god-awful. And, you know, it, it was really funny because I remember when he was drafted, I was like, wow, a second-round wide receiver from the Big Ten. This guy's got great potential. He could be phenomenal. Sure enough, he, he's dropping balls left and right. The man's sticking his hands in two gallons of Vaseline before the game. And, you know, now we're talking about him in the context we have. So I think Coates is given the floor and the opportunity to step up, whereas Bud Dupree, I mean, you're still in the most elite linebacking core in the NFL, and he still has a way to go to prove himself. I mean, there's even guys, and, and this is going to tie into my final fact for the night, uh, which we'll get to a lot later, but you got guys like, like, uh, like James Harrison and Lawrence Timmons and Jarvis Jones who are, who are fighting for those spots, and Shazier, who's young and healthy, I think Dupree is definitely not in the pressure that Sammy Coates is in right now. So I think Coates definitely has to have the bigger impact. I'm going to go with fiction as well, but I feel that Bud Dupree needs to have a good season, his second season. And uh, just for the fact that uh, it is so important for him to get the pressure and even get double digit sacks this year. But the onus right now is on Sammy Coates because we talked about Marcus Wheaton last week. And, you know, I'm really high on Marcus Wheaton right now. But it's that looming shadow that he is going to be leaving after this year. And I have been saying that for the last two years. Don't, get, you don't buy your number 11 jersey because I don't think he's staying. Because I think he's going to be taking that big free agent contract after a great year and leaving. And it's going to fall on Sammy Coates. Because right now, we cannot rely on Martavis Bryant as much as we want to. We can't. We don't even know for a fact that that's just a year suspension. It could be more than a year. That has never been set in exact stone that he comes back after 16 games. So you don't know what's going to happen there. Sammy Coates needs to step up as a second-year player, and step up now. And so I think he is going to answer that bell. He's going to have a fantastic year. And if anything's, if uh, the first couple of days of camp or any indication, it is going to be a bellwether year 
for that of Sammy Coates in Pittsburgh. So I will go fiction as well. Yeah, and you know, Brian, I, I think that when you have those opportunities, you know, I, there's a great saying, God, am I dropping where it's from right now? Oh, my Lord, it's from Miracle. Great moments are made from great opportunities. We've got to see it from Sammy Coates. The stage is set for him. All he's got to do is step in and accept the role he's been given. I agree, and I, like I said, I think he will. Well, let's move on. We, we, we got the train rolling, so let's keep on going with a six-pack. Two down, four to go, and this one is about Le'Veon Bell. We cannot get enough of talking about his suspension. So, fact or fiction, Le'Veon Bell's insistence that he will not miss a game to suspension will prove to be a major distraction. You know, I have to go with fiction on this because I think the way that the Steelers' mindset is, this will not be a distraction. Mike Tomlin will not allow it to be a distraction. Listen, D'Angelo Williams, like we were saying on the show last week, has proven himself, especially in that situation last year. Um, So I think he's really going to rise to the occasion and do everything that he can uh, to prove that they're going to succeed. That being said, he's insisting he's not going to miss a game. That's you know what? It's not even a distraction in my mind, Brian. You know what it is? It's just absolute poppycock. It is ridiculous. It's something that just isn't going to happen. Listen, I, it was my final fact last week. The man's going to serve four games. As little as we would like, you know, he's got the, the excuse that, oh, well, I got a new phone. I was on vacation. He's got every single one in the book. At the end of the day, somebody's got to pay for the certain, you know, crimes committed and, and well, you and I talked about whether or not this is a serious crime or not last week. I mean, still, it's, it's against the rules. He's going to get suspended for this. So I don't think it's necessarily going to be a distraction. I think that Mike Tomlin's got a great sense of how to manage this situation in his locker room. You know, I think teams have been faced with a lot worse. But the man's going to serve four games, let's be honest here. Well, you know, I'd like to go with uh, one of my uh, standard excuses is fire in an orphanage, had to stop and help. And I haven't heard that from Le'Veon Bell yet, but uh, I'm sure that's going to come up too because he keeps talking, and I want him to stop talking and just focus on football and stop talking about this suspension. But if he keeps on talking, it could be a distraction. So I actually feel like the team needs to go ahead in and say, Le'Veon, just stop already. Focus on football Focus on the task of hand right now, what we're doing, and, uh, and you know it's not going to happen. So stop. But like you said, Zach, if the team lets it to be, if, uh, the team lets it to be a distraction, it will, but the men in charge, especially Mike Tomlin and the leaders on that team, will not let it become a distraction. So I'm going to say – fiction as well, but I want Le'Veon Bell to just please stop talking. Yeah, you know, it, this is one of those situations where often um, somebody in this sort of predicament, uh, the best thing to do is just, just shut your mouth. And, and Le'Veon is an outspoken kind of guy. I mean, people have known that for a long time. I mean, he has widely considered himself. I remember from the moment he got drafted, he was saying, I fully intend to be the best running back in the league. There is no way that I will not be the best running back in the league. And sure enough, he has come this far, and now he is. But you're not the most disciplined running back in the league, and he's got to pick that up. 
And that scares me. Well, we are at the halfway point of Steeler Six Pack of Factor Fiction with Brian Davis and Zach Parnes. And we are going to take a break and listen to this message from Frank Walker Law. Smart or stupid? Those strobing lights in your rear view, that flashlight shining in your face? License, registration, and insurance, please. The little adventure you're about to have with this guy? Uh, I'll need you to step out of the vehicle, please. Okay, so you've done something stupid. Fix it with a smart move. For DUI or criminal defense, call Frank Walker of frankwalkerlaw.com. He knows his way around a courtroom. 412-532-6805. 412-532-6805 or frankwalkerlaw.com. Frank Walker Law, real talk, real experience, real results. The show is also sponsored by Centerfield Smoke, the best and most unique Pittsburgh sports apparel provider for Pittsburgh fans everywhere. Visit them at www.centerfieldsmoke.com. So if we want to recap the uh, first three cans in the uh, Steeler six-pack, we're going to, we both went with the discussion on the higher prior, priority extension being Antonio Brown over David Castro. And, um, I said fact, Zach said fiction. The second one was of second-year players. Bud Dupree has a bigger impact than Sammy Coates. We both said that it's going to be Sammy, so we went fiction on that one. And Le'Veon Bell's insistence that he will not miss a game to suspension being a distraction. We both said that the Steelers will not allow that and said that that will be fiction. So we agree on that. So a uh, pretty agreeable night for both of us so far, Zach. Let's see if we could uh, switch that up a little bit. What do you think? Yeah, you know, Brian, you and I never get along this well usually. It's interesting. <laughs> <laughs> and we really like each other. But when it comes to, when it comes to the show – we have those strong opinions, and and we like to like duke it out on the air. So I really like that, and that's a it's a fun thing for both of us to do. So uh, let's keep it going. And I have a feeling that this next one we are going to be agreeable on. The Steelers should take a long hard look and sign a backup to Ben Roethlisberger by the name of Nick Foles. Fact or fiction? Yeah, you know, there's a lot of great quarterbacks on the market right now, but I feel like Nick Foles is the only one who's really commandeered an offense for an entire season. Uh, It's been pretty interesting to me that he's not yet been picked up. Uh, I think that there are other guys who have formed to be pretty good leaders as well um, who haven't been signed either. So I'm not necessarily saying it should be Nick Foles, but I definitely think this should be looked into. Listen, Mike Vick, I really liked it. I really did. I bought into it and everything. I thought, you know what? Here's a guy who at his peak was the best quarterback in the NFL, without a doubt. Uh, When he was with Atlanta, he was absolutely fantastic. He could run. He could throw the ball. You already know. I don't even need to tell you that. At the same time, when he came back, you know, he's much older. Uh, He's post his dogfighting scandal and whatnot. Um, a lot of Pittsburgh people weren't super big on that. Uh, they, they were not about seeing him in that backup position. And I've kind of lost a little bit of faith in him. And I don't think it's because of his ability. I just think it's because of age. I think that he's getting to a point now where he can't play the game as a lead as everybody else simply just because he is a little bit older. And I would love to trust Landry Jones. Here, here's my one snafu with this whole thing. I think Landry Jones is the Aaron Rodgers of this team. 
I really do. I really think he's got phenomenal potential. He shows a lot of confidence in the pocket. I think he's just got to get his throws out easier, and he's got to move a little bit better outside of it, and he can really prove himself to be a great quarterback. But he's learning under him the same way Rodgers learned under uh, – or learning under Roethlisberger, excuse me. He's learning under Roethlisberger the same way that Rodgers learned under Favre for so many years. Um, the sky's the limit with Landry Jones, but I think right now – if, God forbid, Roethlisberger goes down week two, week three, week four, we've seen it happen before, you, you need someone who's capable of stepping into that position, who knows how to run an offense and run it well. And Nick Foles is one of the top guys right now. I'm going fact on this one, Brian. I agree with you on fact, but I I think there's something wrong with our connection because I, I swear you just said that Landry Jones could be the Aaron Rodgers of the I knew I was going to catch flack for this. That is the most ridiculous statement I have ever heard you say in the last four weeks. Wow. <laughs> Brian, listen, listen, I know the kid is young. Listen, he is, he is a project. It's going to take a long time. And I don't think he'll be nearly as in the MVB caliber um, as, you know, as we're finding with Aaron Rodgers right now. But I will tell you this. I think Landry Jones is going to be the eventual starter in Pittsburgh, and I'm sure we can get into this for a while. But, like, I, I think he's got what it takes. I think he's a confident guy. I think he's built like an NFL quarterback um, and really has the makings to do it. Um, you know, and it, we've only seen him in just a few games. How can we really judge the guy uh, to be just terrible right off the bat? I think I see a lot more light in him than I see – uh, bad. He certainly looks better than Blaine Gabbert did uh, in his first couple of starts. And honestly, I think he's looked better than Bortles has at some points, even though Blake Bortles now having this sort of resurgence, seeing his, he is the go-to starter in Jacksonville. This is how you are able to tell. I'm going to tell you about a Saturday night in January of 2016 when <laughs> a uh, young man named Avantez Bursick slammed Ben Roethlisberger into the ground, and in comes Landry Jones with a lead. And next thing you know, it is gone. He's throwing picks. He can't complete a pass. He was completely not ready to play in that game. And if that was the first time we've ever seen him, that would be fine. But he played in three or four games last season, and he, was, he got worse especially in that game. And not only that, but against the Raiders. Ben Roethlisberger did not start that game. He had an, ama- he had an amazing game. Actually, not the Raiders. Against the Browns, Roethlisberger didn't start that game. Had to come in because Landry was completely awful. He's going into his fourth season in Pittsburgh, and I just do not see him as the backup now. With He has not proven anything in the entire time there. I'm excited to see Bruce Gradkowski back just for the fact that the Steelers will have some semblance of hope if Ben Roethlisberger, and he probably will, go down, goes down. So what do you do in that case? You go out and you get a guy like Nick Foles to – back up Ben Roethlisberger, and you pay money for it. So I'm going to say fact. Why do you go with a a guy like Foles? He has a 60% completion rate in four years. The guy can throw the ball. The guy's big. He knows how to stand in the pocket, and he can sling the football. I think the only thing that I have a problem with him is he looks like Napoleon Dynamite. But besides that, sign this guy. 
do what you have to do to bring a guy like that in because you will not – you're going to miss a beat with whoever comes in when Ben Roethlisberger comes, goes down because he's of another plane. But if you have to replace him with somebody, especially for an extended amount of time, Nick Foles would be the perfect guy, and Steeler Nation would feel a whole lot better knowing that that guy is there besides, uh, besides a guy like Landry Jones. I, I mean, you talk about a ceiling? I don't see it. I mean, I think the guy is not looking for the ceiling right now. I think he's laying pass down on the floor. So, oh my so God, back, Brian! Nick Foles and oh gosh, Aaron Rodgers! My gosh, Brian! There must be something very wrong with our connection because I, I swear I just heard you say you were excited for Bruce Gradkowski. I feel like that's somebody <laughs> saying uh, I'm super excited for Charlie Batch to step in the lineup. Like, what? Are you kidding me, man? I, I don't know. Listen, I think we can both agree that Foles is probably the most uh, you know qualified for the current Steeler job. But I, I'll tell you this. Listen, Landry Jones has not gotten the fair look that he deserves. Um, I'm just of that belief. I want to compare to something else really quick. Um, A guy who showed excellence in a few games. You know, I I feel you really have to struggle out here. I feel like Ben Roethlisberger is one of the very few exceptions. The Steelers have gotten so greedy with him because when Tommy Maddox went down, uh, you know, he proceeded to lead the team to 15 wins, which was not bad for his rookie season. Um, you know, which is obviously probably the ceiling for just about anybody. But I'll tell you this, Landry Jones, you know, he's only really found himself throwing the ball 50 times total. I mean, maybe that's what Ben gets through in a game. So we've really only seen a game out of this guy. And and with three years with the squad, I mean, he just hasn't really had that opportunity to shine through. But I'll compare it to something else really quick. Matt Flynn, for a number of years, Matt Flynn was just – sought out because he just seemed to be the answer for a lot of people's problems. Um, you know, he was a guy who stepped up in situations and, and when he was a backup through six touchdowns in a game and people were like, Holy shit, who is this guy? You know, it was unbelievable. And then all of a sudden he ends up signing a massive contract and he can't live up to it. And, and that's unfortunate. And that's kind of why I think that, you know, a lot of, of pressure goes into these guys for just brief opportunities. You, you have to let them develop. Listen, Landry Jones is 6'3", 223, and is phenomenal inside the pocket. He just needs to be given that chance. And I understand the Cincy example. It makes complete sense. He, he did blow that game. But guess what? Steelers turn it around, and it's a victory. You have to put him back out there. Give him another chance. Uh, he'll definitely see some snaps in the preseason, which obviously doesn't mean much. But, you know, we're, we're going to see more and more of Landry Jones, uh, whether you like it or not, I think, Brian. Well, I want to go back to that Bengals game while we're talking about it. Talk about a completely different quarterback, A.J. McCarron. That guy came in when, uh, when the red rifle went down and came in and played very well for the rest of the season and uh, not too bad in that game against Pittsburgh and almost led them to a, to a come-from-behind victory. And he had so much less time, but he, he excelled under the spotlight when it counted. And, and a guy like Landry Jones, he came in when he did against Arizona, and he was fantastic in that game. But they still, if it wasn't for Martavis Bryant going crazy and running a, a million yards on that one little slant pass, 
that uh, he's he's not the hero of that game either. I mean, I think he's he's a fantastic person, but as far as Landry Jones goes, I just don't see him as the future backup quarterback or the future of the team whatsoever. So this is one. This might be one for another time, and I'm sure we're going to have some callers talking about this too. But this is one that we agree fact that they should actually give Foles a look, but that is just a complete landslide, mudslide, and everything when when we got into the whole Landry Jones talk. I didn't expect that going that way, but fantastic that it did. I, yeah, I could not, in good conscience, agree with you on Landry Jones. <laughs> well, we will agree to disagree on that, unfortunately, but uh, maybe you'll come around to it. You never know. See some preseason snaps there, Brian. Well, I I, uh, I hope I don't find out because I would like to see Ben Roethlisberger healthy for the next 48 regular season games and uh, even beyond, but uh, I'm looking at four years right now. As far as <laughs> let's move on. Ouch. Wow. Number five, we're going to continue to talk about the quarterback we're going to talk about Ben Roethlisberger. So this one here, fact or fiction, Ben Roethlisberger will miss Heath Miller more than we know. Yeah, I, I, I 100% want to go with fact here. Um, I talked about it last week. I, I really regard Heath as one of my favorite Steelers. Um, he has just been a guy who's been able to bail out Ben in so many different situations, whether it be over the middle with a quick rifling pass uh, or blocking uh, for him on the offensive line standpoint. Listen, Heath it was a class act, a, a one-of-a-kind guy to play the tight end position for him. And I think they're really going to miss him. And you know what was the perfect homage to that was this week in training camp, um, Ben Roethlisberger donning the number 83 jersey. And, and that's what really made me think about this. was like, man, like, you know you really love someone, like what they've done for you professionally and personally when you can go out there and sport their jersey. And he wore that number 83 all day uh, in tribute to Mr. Miller. I think they're going to miss him tremendously. tremendously. I think Ladarius Green is going to step, uh, step up receiving-wise. Um, and he's going to be put in there on a lot of I-form situations for them, so he's going to have to block. Uh, there's no question that Green has the hands. He obviously has a little bit of way to go with lead blocking, but I, I think they're going to miss him in more ways than we could ever imagine. Uh, this was a guy who was such a fixture for the team for a very long time. Uh, you know, how do you say goodbye to a long-lost teammate like that? It's tough, uh, but obviously he's retiring, and, and he's going out with, with quite a legacy there in Pittsburgh. This isn't a tough one at all. Resounding fact on that. He will miss him. Um, the future does look bright with a guy like Ladarius Green. Also, don't forget Jesse James can play some football, but you could not replicate what a guy like Heath Miller, the first rounder from, 19, from uh, 2005 out of Virginia, what he has done for this team. I mean, like you said, he not only catches balls, he's the number two receiver in the history of this storied franchise. He has had the, most, the second most receptions behind that of Heinz Ward. That's how important this guy was to that team. I call him the safety valve. He was always Ben's safety valve, and he bailed him out a lot, and it was perfect to have that guy. I hope Ben could find another guy like that, but he's not going to find him this year. He's going to have some help. But he's not going to have a Heath Miller, and he's not going to have a Heath Miller having his back 
in a lot of blocking situations also. So, I mean, he is going to miss them more than we know. But if anybody could step up, it's Ben Roethlisberger. Now, you mentioned the fact that Ben Roethlisberger paid the ultimate tribute by wearing his number all day. little trivia question for you. Who was the, what was the first number that Ben wore in training camp for tribute to a player that was no longer on the team? Wow, man, this is, this is a tough one, Brian. I, oh, my God. I mean, the only one that I could potentially think of is maybe Troy Polamalu, but I could be wrong. One of his linemen was not signed and eventually came back with the team, but he wore number 78 in tribute for fellow draftmate from 2004, Max Starks. Fantastic. Max Starks. Hey, that's, I mean, he, he was one of those guys on that Steeler O-line that always got a bunch of questions, but Roethlisberger had a lot of confidence in him, and there was a reason that he started so many games up front, because he and Ben really had that chemistry going when he was in the pocket. He, exactly. Max Stark's actually one of my favorite Steelers from the last uh, the last 10, 15 years uh, of this generation of players. I really enjoyed watching him play, and Ben paid tribute to him. Um, because that was one of his guys, and Miller was definitely one of his guys. And if I'm not mistaken, I believe that uh, Ben has worn 99 as well, because uh, the beard, Brett Kiesel, was definitely one of Ben Roethlisberger's guys also. So that's something I want to look up, but I know that he wore 78 in the past. But we get back to the question at hand. Yes, fact, resounding fact. We can't agree more. This Steeler Nation's going to miss Heath Miller. Everybody's going to miss Heath Miller. That guy was a classic Pittsburgh Steeler. And if you check out my article uh, from over the weekend on Behind the Steel Curtain, Digit Dynasty, you will see that he is the number one 83 of all time for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Let's move on to our final can in the six-pack of Steeler Fact or Fiction. And it regards Artie Burns. We love talking about the number one pick. And we've talked about him a lot in the last couple weeks. But here's a little different angle. Artie Burns, fact or fiction, returns kicks in the regular season for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Zach, fact or fiction? Oh, my goodness. You know, this has been an avenue that the Steelers just haven't had a real kind of solution for at all, which is kick returner. I mean, think about the guys who have been in this position over the last couple of years. Moel De Moore, uh, Antonio Brown obviously taking the punt. Um, but, you know, Stefan Logan. I kind of want Stefan Logan back in there. He was a little guy with a lot of hop to him. Uh, Dry Archer, He's too. He's the number so, one you know, kick returner is, in Steeler history from just one season, actually. Yeah, unbelievable. So, I mean, it, it definitely that stat alone should show you that this is an area where the Steelers, um, they don't really know what they're doing. <laughs> they, they, they really don't seem to figure out uh, there's either some special team schematics uh, that, that don't work very well uh, but, but the kickoff returns have always been you know, a kind of avenue where the Steelers have not had their fortes in line per se um, I however uh, I, I don't want to say they're going to give it to the rookie right away I'm going to go with fiction on this one uh, I think they're going to end up assigning this role to somebody else would Burns do a bad job at it? Eh, not necessarily, but I think that they're going to be looking for a guy who's more designated to run the football, and you're not going to put someone out there who was your number one pick on the deadliest play of the entire game uh, and potentially lose him to injury. That would be tough. 
Zach, in the Mike Tomlin era, the Pittsburgh Steelers have only had one defensive player return kicks, and that was Alan Rossum, and he really didn't count because he was never brought in to be a defensive player. He was just a defensive player in uh, status, but he had never even practiced or lined up as a defensive back for for Pittsburgh, so I really don't count that, but uh, that is the answer of the last defensive player to return kicks for, for Pittsburgh. I just don't see them doing it with Artie Burns. Now, what's great about Artie Burns is that he just jumped in line the other day, and Danny Smith was was running the drills, and here Artie Burns shows up. This kid just wants to make the field, and that's going to be that's going to be exciting. That this kid just wants to play any way possible. He returned kicks in college. Actually, his freshman year, he, was, he actually did quite well his freshman year at the University of Miami returning kicks. But I can't see it happening here. The Pittsburgh Steelers went out and drafted another guy who I'm going to get to a little more in my, my final fact, DeMarcus Ayers, to actually probably be the heir to the, uh, the uh, punt return duties and the kick return duties in Pittsburgh. But the guy who's already claimed it is Marcus Wheaton. He does not want to lose that job. He did not start 2014 as the kick returner, did not start 2015 as the kick returner. But that man, Marcus Wheaton, ended both seasons as the Steelers' kick returner. So I could actually see him coming in and uh, just taking the job from the get-go and having some competition from DeMarcus Ayers. But it's nice to see, uh, who knows, maybe Artie Burns shows up and looks pretty good, but I just don't see it happening, but I'm glad that he's willing to give it the old try. So yeah, you I know, will go with fiction as year, well. T- taking a look at it last year, four guys returned kicks for the Steelers predominantly. Uh, Jacoby Jones, Dry Archer, Marcus Wheaton, and Jordan Todman. Uh, the, the bottom line is is that you know Wheaton was the most impressive out of all of them, besides Archer, who will not find himself uh, in with the Steelers anymore. But don't count out the possibility of the Steelers going out there and trying to sign a guy like Jacoby Jones, someone who's made his name from returning kicks. By the way, Devin Hester is still a free agent, so don't rule him. Yeah, he's out there. You n- you never know. That could be a guy that you just bring in if this experiment doesn't work. But that would mean that a guy like DeMarcus Ayers would have to fail, and that would also mean that they don't like what they see from Marcus Wheaton, and they could just not want to expose him to it with him needing to take on a much bigger role this season. And uh, they might not want to expose Artie Burns to kickoff returns either and let him just focus getting on the field as a cornerback. So we will agree to agree on that one. And we are both going to say fiction. So uh, to wrap that up, we, uh, we agreed that the Steelers should uh, take a long look at Nick Foles. But uh, we did not agree on uh, the aftermath of that question when we got into Landry Jones. We also agreed on Heath Miller being so important to the Steelers and Ben Roethlisberger will miss him so much more. And we agree that Artie Burns will not return a kick in the regular season for the Steelers. Well, with that being said, that is the final can in the Steelers six-pack of Factor Fiction. And like we always like to do, we are going to go to the phones right now. And I see that area code. It's lighting up 347. <laughs> so you know what that means, Zach. Who do we get on the line? Well, means- you tell me. 
That means we got Bryce from Brooklyn, man. That's that's the only person with that area code. I'm not even looking at it, and I know. I am going to go fact that on the line right now is Bryce from Brooklyn. Bryce, is that you, my man? You are correct. That is me. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. I always appreciate the warm welcome, guys. Thank you. (laughs) Well, you're a guy. We appreciate you calling. What's on your mind, my friend? All right, so we'll, we'll we'll go through the six real quick. Wait, what was the first one? What was the first factor fiction? I I came in a little late. Oh gosh, I I don't even know. <laughs> first factor fiction See, there, Bryce was was what is a more valuable contract? Well, the, the factor fiction question was factor fiction. Antonio Brown's contract is more valuable than that of David DeCastro's. Ah, okay, okay, okay. Um. All right, so so I'm I'm gonna go through them real quick. Uh, so that first one, fact or fiction? Based on the way the question is framed, I'm gonna go fact, even though I think right now it's actually more important to get the Castro's done. You extend him, you move 2017 salary um, to this year after September. You give AB about 10 million this year. Then next year you've got the 15 or 16 million in salary cap you'll have open ton of cap space, you sign him to his long-term extension, and you don't have to, you know, break your two-year rule, and you can work around it like they did last year. But overall, if you look at the two players, fact, it's it's, it's A.B. Um, I would yeah, say very that. good. Bryce, I went ahead and disagreed with that one, but, uh, you know, Brown, there's no way to doubt his impact on the squad right now. Completely hear what you're saying. At the same time, don't forget the Castro – Pushing holes not only for Ben but for Le'Veon. Oh no, absolutely. I, I mean, I I think if you have to look at if you have to look at the two players, I mean, AB is the best in the world at what he does. But I think in the scheme of the team, I would I would focus on DeCastro first because um, he's in the final year. Um, I guess for the next one, uh, fact, uh, Bud Dupree versus Sammy Coates. Um, I think it's Bud Dupree ever since 2012. Um, the outside linebackers have had a cold run here, aside from aside from Jason Worlds at the end of 2013. They need a guy to provide that outside pass rush that will help those corners. Um, I think it's more about Bud Dupree. He's going to get more snaps. And, you know, as a, as a full-time starter, he's going to get more time. So they need that guy to, to be that first-round guy. Sammy Coates is in the long line of receivers. Um, Pittsburgh has become receiver kind of university. I think he's going to have a nice role and do good things. But I think the more valuable player right now, we need Bud Dupree to be that guy. I agree with you that uh, Bud Dupree needs to be that guy, and that's something that I did touch on. But I will say that even though he's in a long line of receivers, Sammy Coates needs to be the guy this year because we do not know what's going to be the future for Martavis Bryant. And we don't know even if Marcus Wheaton is going to be in the plans next year as well. So it's the year for Sammy Coates, and I think the the bullseye's on him right now, even in the second season. So uh, they both need to step up. And uh, yeah. they both need to have a great year. But I think it's Sammy Coates this year. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and as far as the other ones, uh, fact, kick the tires on Nick Foles. Um, I mean, we could get into the, that that um, statement about Landry Jones. That that's amazing. <laughs> um, but but you know, we'll you know we'll keep. 
Mom's attacking me for this, man. I got some confidence in the kid. <laughs> we'll see, you know. But I, I say yes. Kick the tires on Nick Foles. Um, that's a fact. Um, Artie Burns and the kick returns, that is a fiction. I think when you've got Ayers, you've got Eli, you've got Wheaton, who I think has the potential to actually be a good kick returner, just catch it and go. Um, and you still have A.B. and other guys working in there. You let them guys do that. I don't think Artie Burns is going to do that. And then there was one more, and I can't remember. What was it? Heath Miller. How much will Ben Roethlisberger miss him? We're saying that he is going to miss Heath more than we even know. Oh, yeah, that's a fact. I mean, and I don't care if they had, I don't care if they had Gronkowski coming in. You would still miss that guy because it's Heath Miller. Heath Miller is one of the best. Heath Miller, to me, over the past 10 years, one of the best all-around tight ends the league has seen. Um, that guy is a really good football player, not just for the pass catching and the route running, but like you said, the pass blocking, the run blocking, the recognition of defenses, um, who he is as a teammate, his mental game, smart player. That guy's a great all-around football player. And you know what, Bryce? I agree with you 100% on that. And he's also a guy that would have fit very well in the 1970s with that team as a tight end. He is not uh, – he it fits in the mold of an old-time classic football player because the tight end has changed over the uh, last 15, even 10 years to be more of a receiver. But he just was the all-around tight end. And uh, he's one of my favorite Steelers, and I could have seen him – Bradshaw going to Heath over the middle just as much as he went up, went to uh, Betty Cunningham and uh, and Randy Grossman. Oh yeah, I mean if you can play. If you can play, you can play. And that guy, it doesn't matter what you're doing when you've got his all-around skill set and his ability to catch the football and run routes like that and be strong at the point of attack. You can play in any era. My last comment. We'll go back to the Landry Jones thing. I think you look. We, it, look, we want to be optimistic and think he could be an Aaron Rodgers guy, but the reality is we can't say on one end that, you know, we just haven't seen enough, but then we've seen enough to say that he could be Aaron Rodgers. Um, I think, you know, we've got to be balanced. If we haven't seen enough, then I think from what, what we have seen is that I think he could be possibly Charlie Batch if he gets better. <laughs> I think that's his ceiling, which, hey, could be a good backup quarterback yeah, and be I would solid. But he's got, yeah, yeah, I would take that. But could he be Aaron Rodgers? From what I've seen, absolutely not. Um, he just doesn't, he doesn't possess the physical gifts um, to do that. He has some gifts. So he got the eye test. But I don't see the arm strength. I don't see the accuracy. You know, if he's Charlie Batch, I think he could stick around. But that's about how he'll go. Yeah, you know. You know, I think they I, have Charlie Batch. Maybe, I think he's there Brian, right now. He's I'm wearing number five. Bruce Gradkowski. Mm. Listen, I, <laughs> listen. I maybe I'm setting the bar too high with him. I, <laughs> I've been about I've been about that mentality for a long. I've been about that mentality for a long time. Listen, I choose to see the brighter things in this kid. Listen, when he, th- when he throws successfully, you look at it and you think, that's something he picked up from Ben. And I think the mentorship is only going to get better uh, as Ben gets a little bit wiser with age. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that, that, yeah, that sounds like that, that could happen. I just don't know how high that ceiling is. Oh, okay, yeah, so one more thing. Um the Bud Dupree, Sammy Coates thing, this is interesting because going into this year, 
you still got DHB, who I think surprised some people at the beginning of last year. You thought he could come in and do some good things. He was very productive. I think that guy's carved out a nice role on this team. He's got the speed that you have to respect to top off the coverage. So I think there are some options there that, that, they, can, that they can use worst-case scenario. You still need Sammy to step up because you don't know what's going to happen with Martavis or Wheaton. On the other end, I think there's less depth on the, off, on the, on the outside linebackers where you need Bud Dupree to be the man. Because if he's not the man and then Jarvis Jones might be gone, you're starting completely over an outside linebacker. That's why I give the nod to Dupree being, being we need him to step up more than maybe Sammy at this point. Well, I could actually agree with you on that. And uh, like I said, we need them both to step up. Right. But uh, you know what? I might even uh, be wavering a little bit now on <laughs> on my answer, <laughs> and I know I'm not supposed to do that. But uh, good point, Bryce. Yeah, I mean, there's no. I mean, I like Moats, but he's a role player. If if Bud Dupree does not show up with Jarvis Jones being in the final year, I don't think he's going to get the money he might look for unless he completely balls out. You're starting over at outside linebacker. That could be a problem. So they're kind of risk-reward this year. You either play it out and those two guys ball out, and then you could sign Jarvis back, or they don't, and you're, in, you're kind of in trouble. Now you've got to go to free agency in the draft and really rebuild your outside linebackers. Yeah, you know, and that's a situation, Bryce, where they hope they don't run into that for sure. Um, obviously, I – I would love for him to pan out, uh, and, and that's him being Jarvis Jones. Uh, and that's going to leave me in my final fact, which we'll save for a few more minutes. Well, Brian, yeah. thank you so much for calling. I mean, we, we look forward to hear, seeing that 347 pop up and uh, talking to you. And I'm sure we will hear from you next week. And even when we move the time back, you're there. Oh, great. Well, hey, that hey, that works for me. <laughs> I always always appreciate coming on the show, guys. Thanks. All right, Bryce. Thank you so much. And we will talk to you once again next week. So, Zach, that is the six-pack of fact or fiction. And let's get into our final fact. And I'm going to let you go ahead first. Yeah, well, Brian, this is what we were just talking about a few minutes ago. My final fact of the night. Listen. We've been talking about it for a while. Jarvis Jones. This was a guy who was selected with a first-round selection. High expectations coming in um, for this club, and he hasn't lived up to them. And guess what? He might not do it this year. But if he doesn't and he makes no impact, he probably won't find himself in a Steeler uniform. But my final fact is that Jarvis Jones is going to get himself a contract based on just a few plays this year. That's right. I think he's going to come through in some clutch situations, force some fumbles, make some big tackles for a loss when it really counts for the Steelers. And they're going to start thinking about keeping this guy with the roster for the next couple of years. Even with Dupree, even with Ryan Shazier, this is a guy who still is on the younger side. He's got a lot to prove, but I think this year he comes up clutch with a few plays. And for that reason, He'll be wearing black and gold for a few more years. Uh, so that is my final fact of the night. Jarvis Jones, going to get it done when it counts. Well, I hope you are right, and I actually believe in Jarvis Jones. And uh, think about this real quick. I know it's been slow to get him started, but another guy in Pittsburgh took three years to get started, and his name was Cam Hayward, and no one would get rid of him for anything at this point. 
Cam Hayward is the guy, the heart and soul of that defense right now. And uh, I'd love to be talking about Jarvis Jones in the very same way. My final fact for the night, Zach, goes to another guy that we just touched on just a little bit. So a rookie getting very little buzz this year is the 5'11", 190-pound receiver return man from the University of Houston in DeMarcus Ayers. We shouldn't forget about DeMarcus Ayers because this guy was an American Conference first teamer as a receiver and a special teamer as a kick returner. This kid had the sixth most catches and 18th most receiving yards in the nation last year. Now, against great competition in the uh, Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl, they played Florida State. And I believe a guy in that defensive backfield, there was a guy named Jalen Ramsey back there. And this guy, Demarcus Ayers, led all receivers in the entire game with nine catches for 82 yards. He even threw a 20-yard TD pass in that game. So I mentioned earlier that he's 5'11", 190. I remember a late rounder from 2010 that was 5'10", 181 when he came in from a small school of Central Michigan named Antonio Brown. Now, I'm not saying DeMarcus Ayers is going to be Antonio Brown in any way, but this is a guy that is coming in with no hullabaloo whatsoever. We're forgetting about him already, and he has the potential to not only be the starting kick returner for the team, he has the potential to sneak in that lineup and make some very big plays as a wide receiver for the Pittsburgh Steelers. So fact for the night, is we should not forget about DeMarcus Ayers whatsoever. This guy has the potential to be something good. Yeah, you know, Brian, I I really like him. I think definitely he's flown under the radar. A a lot of fair-weathered Steeler fans couldn't even tell you who the guy is. Uh, But the bottom line is that he's got a lot of versatility to his game. Um, I certainly hope he could end up filling the kick returner spot. We're going to see what happens with that. Uh, But like I was saying earlier, the Steelers definitely need help there, so let's hope he can provide it. And I think he can. Well, Zach, that is my final fact for the night. We heard yours. Very good information tonight. We had had a lot of fun on Fact or Fiction uh, tonight, uh, especially with the uh, whole Landry Jones. I think we're going to uh, dedicate the entire next week's show to Landry Jones. I think that would be great. I think if we can come up with six facts just about Landry, that would be fantastic. Ratings would be through the roof. What do you think? Yeah, you know, if our next episode is the <laughs> Landry Jones special where we break down his throwing mechanic, I'm sure the audience will only be asleep about five minutes in. <laughs> well, I tell you what, I, I'm going to make this a fact right now. If Landry Jones becomes the next Aaron Rodgers and goes to the Hall of Fame, I am going to petition my wife to rename my son, who is right now eight years old, to Landry Jones Davis. <laughs> Listen, hey, I don't know if that is a better thing if it happens for the Steelers or for you, because both sound really <laughs> nice. I'm going to hold you to it, Brian. Hey, my dogs are named Heinz and Palomalo, so, uh, <laughs> so there you go. I wasn't allowed to name the kids, but maybe I'll be able to just push that one in there. Well, that's it for Fact or Fiction for another week, Zach. And the show was brought to you by who? Frank Frank Walker Walker Law. Law, the top criminal defense firm to call in western Pennsylvania and west Virginia 
and home to one of the nation's top 100 ranked trial attorneys in Frank Walker. Real talk, real experience, real results. Show is also sponsored by Centerfield Smoke, the best and most unique Pittsburgh sports apparel provider for Pittsburgh fans everywhere. Visit them at www.centerfieldsmoke.com. And if you check out behind the steel curtain, there was actually a giveaway for a T-shirt from Centerfield Smoke. So uh, keep checking that out. A chance to get some really cool swag for yourself. So, Zach, have a great week. And uh, keep on thinking of some great Landry Jones gems. And we'll talk to you on the flip side. What do you think? Brian, sounds good, man. Hey, let's get our let's get our boy Frank Walker to represent Le'Veon Bell. Maybe we'll get rid of those four games. <laughs> I bet you I bet you he would be very good and maybe Le'Veon would just stop talking at that point. Well that's <laughs> it for Steelers six pack of factor fiction. Remember behind the steel curtain for all your Pittsburgh Steelers news and commentary, everything you ever needed to know, you're going to find out on Behind the Steel Curtain. Dot com. That's it for Zach, that's it for Brian, and that's a fact check. Good night. Hey, I'm Anil Dash, and I'm the host of a new show called Function from the Vox Media Podcast Network and Glitch. This season, we're talking with experts about why our voting machines are so bad and how that might hurt our elections. We'll also talk with an animator to find out how popular dances from the real world end up in video games. And we're going to tackle the biggest question in tech. Why do so many celebrities use screenshots from that Apple Notes app to make their public apologies when they screw up? You can find new episodes of Function every Monday on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And thanks to Microsoft Azure for sponsoring Function. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. <laughs> 